Hello, everyone. You have tuned into what is probably the most anticipated segment of the Building According to Pattern podcast series to date. Joining me on this second segment of that two-part segment to further explore the idea of fathers as the catalyst designed to launch us into our destinies is none other than my father in the faith and mentor, Dr. Pepe Ramnath. Be sure to join us after the break. You definitely don't want to miss this special discussion. Welcome back to this latest segment of the Building According to Pattern podcast series. I am your host, Georgia A. Bryce. So glad you could join me for this bi-weekly experience. If this is your first time tuning in, a very, very warm welcome to you, as always. You made it just in time. This podcast series made its debut in September of 2013, out of what I like to say was a random conversation with a colleague of mine, and then it just took off from there. At the end of this segment, let me invite you to visit the podcast page. That is, if you're not on it currently, because I know some people might be able to access the podcast segments from other sites. So when you're through listening to this particular segment, I want you to either stay on the page or visit the podcast page where you will find a list of archived messages on a variety of subject matter. And they're all geared towards helping you build your life in sync with kingdom-centered patterns and principles that are guaranteed to bring you into the kinds of success that our master designer and manufacturer had in mind for us when he placed us in the earth. Any of the 49 segments is sure to provide you with the answers, solutions, instructions, and directions in your life's journey. And that podcast page address is batplc.podbean.com. Without further ado... I want us to delve right into today's discussion, which again is the second of a two-part segment entitled Fathers, the Catalyst Designed to Launch You into Your Destiny. Now, if you had a chance to listen to part one of this message, you would have heard me share on the extremely pivotal position that a father occupies in the lives of his children, whether they're biological, adopted, or spiritual. When a father fails to fulfill his God-designed and God-established responsibilities, the resultant effects are devastating. At the onset, let me say that my discussions revolving fathers is no way intending to minimize the position, the purpose, and the role of mothers. We absolutely need both sexes to establish the balance that is essential to the emotional, cognitive, and spiritual development of every human being. This is the original blueprint established by our master designer himself, who is the originator of families. I do believe, however, that the weight of establishing the trajectory that children will take on their way to fulfilling their purpose, their God-ordained purpose and destiny, lies heavily with the mailman. He is, after all, the foundation of the family. Our constant push as a society to amend this original plan for family by God, it has come with a very heavy price. And it's reflected in the ever-increasing number of broken homes, an explosion in gangs and gang-related activities, high truancy rates, 
high delinquency, teenage pregnancy, substance abuse and addictions, and high suicide rates, especially among our teenagers, and a burgeoning and overburdened penal system. And of course, it has yielded a lot of broken and emotionally damaged individuals with extremely poor self-imaging and poor self-esteem, as well as a lack of a well-defined identity. The outfall from this horrible dynamic is a lifelong tendency of making poor decisions that so many people fall victim to, and the resultant cycle of lost purposes, visions, and potentials that generally plagues the ensuing generations. With me today is an extraordinary guest who has both the ability and the compassion to speak to these conditions that have sadly come to define so many of our families. Not only is he my spiritual father and mentor, but he is my pastor and the leader that I have been called to submit to. Dr. Pepe Ramnath is an authentic scientist who, get this, he actually loves God. He really does. A scientist who loves God. That's very rare. He's a master teacher in the arena of atmospheres and environments, and he holds a master's degree in environmental science, a doctoral degree in environmental microscopy, honorary doctoral degrees in theology and Christian leadership. He is a recipient of the Golden Rule Award, serves as an NGO Extraordinary Ambassador to the United Nations, is the author of several leading books on the Kingdom of God, including The Supernatural Kingdom, The Genetics of Vision, and the recently published Character of a King. He serves on the board of directors and is vice president of environmental sustainability for the International Third World Leaders Association under the auspices of founder Dr. Miles Monroe. And he's a well sought after international speaker and government liaison. Most importantly, Dr. Pepe is the husband of one wife, Dr. Angela Ramnath, father of three biological children, Matthew, Joshua, and Leah, a pastor and spiritual father to many under the covering of the Miramar Kingdom Community Center in Miramar, Florida, a spiritual protege of Dr. Miles Monroe, and last but certainly not least, a son of God. Whew. Dr. Pepe, tell me, how do you do it and when do you find time to cover all of these things? Let me say welcome to the Building According to Pattern podcast series it segment is, today. It is great to be here, uh, Georgia, and you know, for your listen audience out there, I'm also happy to be sitting with a colleague <laughs> who is an environmental engineer. Yay! So, you know, between engineering and science, you know, I think... Uh, our IQ over here might be very high. Absolutely, absolutely, sir. But I enjoy doing what I do. Um, I, I'm a scientist by training. I've always been a lover of science. Mm -hmm. uh, in fact, when I now started, I really wanted to be a geologist. Wow. Now, my daughter is actually talking about being a geologist. So I think it has something to do with genetic transfer. It's in the transfer. genes. I got you. So my, my middle son, Joshua, actually, whenever I, I teach him at the laboratory, things that will take probably a, an entire day for someone to learn, he would learn it probably within about half an hour. Wow. So it's kind of running in the genes. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> that brightness, I guess. Yeah. Okay, awesome, awesome. I really want to thank you for taking this time out, uh, Dr. Pepe, to join me on this segment. Um, 
I know you're extremely busy and I know I just had a window of opportunity to get in but this this subject that we're talking about tonight it is oh my god it is so critical that it has to be addressed and I know that you're probably the best person that we have now in our midst that's able to talk about some of these things so I have a couple of questions that I want to ask but as we progress you know I'm opening the floor to you you're gonna drive this conversation for our audience Let's talk about the mailman, the bearer of the XY chromosome. What is so special about this being? <laughs> um, you know, when, when God created everything, he had always had in mind succession. So when he created the male, he created the male in such a way that he gave him the X and the Y chromosome, as you know. Mm -hmm. The female has the X and the X. Mm -hmm. And uh, when there's an exchange uh, that, that takes place for reproduction, the man either gives out X or Y chromosome to determine the sex of the child. So mm. if he gives her X chromosome, the woman picks it up and she gives it an, an X chromosome to as well. To and create a female. A female. Mm. Then if he gives a Y chromosome, then you have a, a male. Wow. So, so God has given the responsibility to the biological male to determine the sex of the child. That's amazing. So it, it shows you there the responsibility already that yes. was given to the male man. Yes. You see? Um, you know, we have always learned from the Bible that uh, when God wanted to make man, he went to the ground mm -hmm. and he took the mud and he began to form uh, the, the shape of a human body. And mm -hmm. it was a dead junk of meat until he blew, <laughs> until he blew his breath. And yeah. then, you know, the man became a living soul. Mm -hmm. The collision between God's breath and a piece of rock produces a reasoning man, wow. which is called the soul. Uh, however, when he was making the woman, he did not go into the ground. But he went into the man. Mm -hmm. And he, I believe he was the first person to establish cloning. Because he went in, he ripped open the side of the man. Mm -hmm. And he took the rib. Mm -hmm. And inside of the rib, of course, as you know, there are uh, the blood marrow. Mm -hmm. The blood marrow really is the factory of the production center for making blood. Mm -hmm. That's where the body receives all of his new blood. Mm -hmm. It's made in the, in the marrow of the bone. So God went into the rib itself and took out the best stem cell out of there. Absolutely. Because you see, you know, if our the human body actually throughout the body, we have stem cells that are situated, you know, you know, uh, by the back of our eyes, in our fingers, in our legs, and so forth. In case there is an emergency, mm -hmm. if there is an emergency and you lose an eye, the stem cell is supposed to be activated so that it can recreate and make a new mm -hmm, eye. Mm -hmm. So, but that, but the one behind the eye can only make an eye. Mm -hmm. The one behind the ears can only make an ear. But the stem cell that is locked into the rib can actually make a total human being. That's, that's amazing, so, Dr. Pepe. So we are finding today that even embryonic stem cells uh, is not really the answer. You don't have to kill a baby to get that placenta to extract that stem cell. You can go right into the adult stem cell, which, mm -hmm. which all of our research today actually are coming from adult stem cell. That's why I cannot understand the fight for embryonic stem cell because so far we are actually making breakthroughs with adult stem cells, right. but especially the ones from the bones. Right. And God knew exactly which one of the bones which one to, to go in to pull out that rib and take to that, create yeah to create this beautiful person sitting Amen. right here call a female they call a female <laughs> so so again the, the the rough sketch uh of making the man i mean god had to make him rough mm -hmm. because he is the one that's responsible for reproduction wow now you would think it's a woman it's a man that's re for mm -hmm. reproduction mm -hmm. because guess who made the woman 
You see, God made the woman, but He made the woman through the man. Out of the man. So in other words, the man gave birth to the woman. To both women and you see? children that are to come. Exactly. So the, wow. the the rest of generation was still locked up in the man. So that's why a man is so unique, and that's why the enemy goes so hard mm-hmm. uh, to keep the man, to keep the male man mm-hmm. away from the house of God, away from the things of God, mm-hmm. because he's afraid that the man is going to produce specimens right. that will acknowledge God genetically right you see because you know like we were talking earlier my son has a natural knack for science my Mm -hmm. daughter has a natural knack for Mm -hmm. science so that came from my influence by Mm -hmm. me conditioning Mm -hmm. my genes Mm -hmm. and transferring over to them Mm -hmm. so if if god finds a man that will worship him Mm -hmm. you know in spirit and in truth completely totally then the enemy is in trouble so he puts all of the The pressure all of the men's activity Mm -hmm. on the day that we are called to worship Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so he gives the man an activity to the extent that midweek he cannot come out to pray we cannot come to to, to meet so he's working very very hard but i have some good news for you he's gonna lose absolutely absolutely because because god has created the man in such a way that he will always have the victory Amen. Amen. I really, I, that, that's very, uh, that's a, that's a lot of information that's eye opening. I didn't even know all of these things, but that's why I have you, sir. Uh, science is extraordinary. So you're saying that not only from a social perspective is the male important, but even from a genetic standpoint, we could see he was built and designed a particular way because life comes out of the man. Yes. And we used to think it's the woman who gives life, but it's really the man who gives life. So now, what is so valuable and important about fathers and fatherhood? Well, well, father, you know, again, uh, the the word father was a word that God used to even label himself. Mm-hmm. He calls himself father. Yes. Abba. And then, then he gives this title to the male man. Mm-hmm. And he says, I want you to be a father. In other words, I want you to be just like me. Yes. I want you to be a provider. I want you to be a protector. I want you to be a sustainer. And I'm giving you the wiring. I'm giving you the engineering. You know, he didn't ask or make a demand from the man without giving him yeah. all of the things that he needs to fulfill that, that requirement mm-hmm. that, that God have asked of him. So being a father, that's the part that he covers and he sustains and he protects. Mm-hmm. And he gains that from being a male man. It's, it's kind of, you know, it's inborn. It's, it's a prerequisite within him. Right. So father is absolutely important because, you know, when God created things, uh, uh, George, I wanted to get, you know, go kind ahead, of talk from ahead. this over here. He created things in such a way that he will not eliminate the possibility of extinction. Right. You know, today we are facing extinction of species. You know, you're an engineer, mm-hmm. you have to go out to the Everglades and mm-hmm, you have to get mm-hmm, samples mm-hmm. out of there and to make sure that things are actually... Uh, carry sustainability that means the ability to actually last a very long time right and we are seeing right now that there are species that are becoming extinct because our climate is changing right. that's why i happen to be an advocate of global warming right because i do believe that the plant is warming up and we are changing the environments are being species. altered mm-hmm. so there are certain species of plant that have gone completely there are certain species of animals that are gone completely certain species of fungus bacterias protists whatever you have out there that are totally gone extinct. it's extinct because the temperature the environment has changed mm-hmm. Now, what God has done is that he placed in everything that he have actually created, mm-hmm. he has placed in everything the ability for it to reproduce so right. it does not become extinct. Right. But there's something that was absolutely necessary for extinction. For example, the dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are very happy that the dinosaurs <laughs> are extinct. I know, right? Together, otherwise, they'll be running in the backyard, you know, eating all of us, you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know so we, we, are, we are very happy that, that, that they're extinct. 
but their extinction have actually produced during the Jurassic era of, of the development of geological time, we call mm. it. Uh, they produce oil and gases for us mm. that are locked into the oil shale. So God have allowed the planet for millions of years, which I happen to be a, a believer that the earth itself has been around for, mil for millions of years because God has a process in how he had created the earth so that he could put his prize uh, creation man mm -hmm. man is a spice creation so when man ended up on the planet everything was there mm -hmm. the oil the natural gases everything that was there right the metals the aluminum the the, the iron oxides right. everything was already there so he has to just go and search it out pull it out and begin to develop right you know civilization right so when when he did this here when he extinct some of the creatures some of the animals it was really for the purpose of man survival to sustain, to sustain sustainability man. right but he have never designed the man to become, to become extinct, extinct. Mm. so he, he placed in the male man the ability to be a father mm -hmm. because a father is the one who has children right a male not don't necessarily have children but he has the potential of being a father in there so he locked inside of that male man the potential the genetics the dna the engineering mm -hmm. to be a father mm -hmm. because he wants reproduction he yes. wants multiplication so he has done this because he never wanted man especially to become extinct right Amen. oh you're blowing my mind dr baby so 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 again um you just kind of brought the scientific aspect of of fatherhood um which is which is which is awesome because i want this to be a well-rounded discussion let's kind of start looking at fathers from from a, a social perspective why is it so important because there's so many things that are changing in our in our in our in our societies right now yes. the concept of fathers has shifted tremendously the idea behind fathering has shifted uh, as a matter of fact my personal opinion is that fathers have been devalued yes. the idea of fatherhood has been degraded it, it's been degraded it's been it, it doesn't hold the essence that it once had it doesn't hold that level of respect that it once has but why is it important that we maintain that why why do we need to maintain that level of respect for fathers and again, it's because of, you know, the correct reproduction It's the correct uh, repopulation of the mm -hmm. earth itself. And that's why we have to have that respect. However, in the time that we live in right now, Georgia, society has actually abandoned fathers. Mm -hmm. and, and yet there's a cry for fathers. Of course. Because and that we cry, were designed to have fathers. Exactly. So, so that cry is going to always be in the human genetic it will be in his genomes it will be in his genetic engineering mm -hmm. because god has designed it, it over yes. there all right now i i wrote over here mm -hmm. if, if you want to ever destroy a country you have to attack or go to the head of state mm -hmm. the head of that country mm -hmm. if you can seize the head of the country then the country is actually stagnant mm -hmm. it, ha it has it has immobility it, mm -hmm. it, it can move at all if you want to destroy a church you have to attack the, the pastor mm -hmm. the, the senior pastor because jesus said you smite the shepherd, the shepherd and, and the you sheep will scatter, scatter. The sheep. Mm -hmm. but if you ever want to destroy the world I would say that you would have to destroy the fathers because yes. the condition of our world today is directly and proportionally related to the effectiveness of a father to his family. Yes. So if, if you want to destroy the world in, that we have today, you have to go after the fathers. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what the enemy has been trying Absolutely. to do. He wants to destroy the entire world because mm -hmm. he wants to create his own world where mm -hmm. he becomes the god of this world. Mm -hmm. So he goes and he attacks the fathers. Mm -hmm. So he has the fathers separated from their families, mm -hmm. the, 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 the young sons and the daughters are now growing up 
without, without fathers. a father. And, and you're seeing the statistics. I think you read it a little bit earlier. Mm -hmm. the, statistics, the statistics is actually showing us uh, that more men are actually going to a prison today. Yes. And when they did the, the, their surveys, they're showing that most of the men that are in the prison today are actually fatherless, fatherless men. Yes. And the, the, the girls are actually becoming prostitutes. Mm -hmm. They're aimless. They have no, no direct, purpose, no, no direction sense of direction. Because the responsibility that God has given to the man is not being activated. Yes. And again, the man, there is still a cry within the man. The man knows his responsibility mm -hmm. but he's afraid to become the father mm -hmm. because society has created a world or a system that says we don't we want don't want you, you anymore even though they're saying we need you yes so we have to work on that and we have to start working on that from our city from our civic uh, government mm -hmm. to our state government mm -hmm. to our nation mm -hmm. but especially from the church absolutely we have to be a voice in the church that will say we need to embrace father so yes, yes a couple of fathers have failed but if you read from that great book called the bible mm -hmm. you will see from genesis or revelation almost every one of those men that were called fathers mm -hmm. failed yes you had abraham mm -hmm. um, abraham his wife was supposed to be saved <laughs> Him up <laughs> you see you had samson and you had delilah mm -hmm. you had you know and yeah and the story goes on and on and you can see so many failures mm -hmm. of fathers in the scripture but it also showed that these men that fell got up back again right because again you know we are like elasticity you mm -hmm. know you can pull us apart but we're going to come right back right. to be the thing that god of designed designers us to, be. to be and again yes. that's what it comes down to it's that natural design that mm -hmm. god put in place. God, I like to refer to him as our master designer. He has the blueprint on families and whatever he's he's established that that's what's law. Amen. So anything else that goes counter to that, it's like me trying to amend something that I don't have the power to amend. And so our our society has gotten into a very bad state and just um just looking at so many women, I was watching recently this episode with Ayanna Fix My Life and all these beautiful women ending up having three, four, five kids for one guy who has a total of 34 children um, for 18 different women. And I remember Ayanna asked the question to one of the young ladies, why not stop after the first? Hmm. But you were looking at women who were broken because they grew up not having fathers. Yeah. And these guys who are siring all of these children outside of marriage with all of these women, they grew up not having the father figure that they needed to. And you know, you know the mothers are at home and they're trying their best. Yes. But they have a voice that has a different frequency. Yes. You see, and that frequency may help to pacify a situation for a period of time but it does not change it it doesn't protect it right it needs the voice of a father yes. and now the father is absent so we have to go back to that to, to that to that original voice now jesus has promised us in the book of malachi where god spoke for the very last time before mm -hmm. he shut the bible up mm -hmm. shut his mouth up for over i believe maybe 400 mm -hmm. years mm -hmm. within that 400 years period of time that's where our great philosophers showed up mm -hmm. you know like Socrates plato and socrates and, plato. and all those guys and they began to solically create certain type of wisdom mm -hmm. but these things that they have created was very solical it was not spiritual right. it wasn't coming from the spirit of god right then jesus showed up on the scene but in malachi he says finally when he comes back to the earth when god opens his mouth he speaks again he would cause the fathers to, to return, return back to, to the, the sons, sons mm -hmm. and the sons back to the father mm -hmm. now when he used the word sons he's not excluding daughters right you see it's, it's a term of, of, of positional right. power right so he's telling the, the, the girls and he's telling the boys that they're gonna have positional power that the enemy will not be able to penetrate Amen. the next generation Amen. so when Jesus came on the scene he was there to give us the pattern right father-son relationship right. that's why he never did anything except the father. the father yes tells him. yes and yes. the Bible tells you plainly you know he he 
he didn't even say something unless that he, he was wanted instructed. to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless his father actually, actually told him, mm-hmm. you know, with the rise of feminism and cultural and technological advancement itself, and the lawlessness of the the biggest attack itself is really not on the politician in the White House, but it's really on fathers yes. who have been bind up by the new world system, yes. this new world order mm-hmm. of lawlessness and disrespect to the position of true fatherhood. So I say today, you know, today itself, and today in the time that we live in, the Playboy models are being glamorized by the news, while the heroes of of the faith are only a whisper in the news mm-hmm. you know you hear about all Roberts you hear about Kenneth Hagan mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you hear about all these great men that mm-hmm. have and women uh, Catherine Kuhlman mm-hmm. and, and the news will give you maybe five minutes or maybe a little bit more mm-hmm. coverage of, mm-hmm. of, of what took place with it of, of these great men uh, that were sent to be fathers in the faith the death of Minister Jerry Falwell just hit the news for about two or three days while Anna Nicole Smith Dominated. has been on the news from the day of her death, even up to this day. They mm-hmm. still even talk about it. In fact, they are actually getting ready to release a movie on Anna really? Nicole Smith. And oh, you wow. have and we are still fighting for a national holiday to honor Dr. Martin Luther King. Wow. So it tells you, you know, the condition of our society mm-hmm. and how much our culture, how much our society itself is actually rejecting the male, the male man from actually becoming the father. Mm-hmm. And the enemy is is pro- behind that the only way that a gospel hero can actually make the news today georgia or stay on the news is if they fall from grace it's true and, and that is so sad it will give you months of, of coverage course, of course of what, what is happening <laughs> amen that is so sad yes. that is so sad no i think you alluded to this a little bit earlier but i want us to kind of tap into it again you were saying that um i i had the question can a woman ever adequately fulfill the role of a father and if not why and i think you had mentioned something about frequency yes yes you know uh, again the women today are forced to do things mm-hmm. uh today the women are in the workforce and we are so happy that women and absolutely hats off to the women who they step up to the plate and they do what they have to they do have, they, don't they have, have no choice yes. they have no choice if they were given a choice they would prefer to be who they were designed to mm-hmm. be you know it's it's like trying to tell a a bird to be a lion mm-hmm. you know it's it's, it's it's highly impossible of course the bird may be able to do something that a lion does but not right. everything at all right. and if it tries to take on the nature of a lion it will die the weight will break it yes exactly and that's why why we are finding women today you know they are higher rates of cancer mm-hmm. uh, fibroids mm-hmm, uh, sickness mm-hmm. they're ending up so often breast cancer yes. is 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 major today because women are taking on the role and the responsibility of something that is actually designing her yes. it, she was not designed to actually do it so the answer that though is the answer is absolutely no a mm. woman cannot take on the role of that father mm-hmm. because the woman actually uh, will literally break under pressure. Mm. They could carry it on for a certain period of time, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but that's not what they were designed to do. They were supposed to be mothers. They're right. supposed to be biological mothers yes. and spiritual mothers mm-hmm. in the house of God rather than spiritual fathers. Mm-hmm. And that's why, that's why so many of them, even when they pass the churches, uh, they, many of them, they live very short lives. Wow. Very short life. If you, if you do a, a, a survey on it, you will actually see some of them de- uh, de- uh, develop mental illness, wow. mental diseases, and so wow. forth because of the pressure that wow. was actually placed upon them wow. so there are many uh, women whose husband had died and was the senior pastor mm-hmm. and they took on the role and they're doing very very well but you know I've known some of them that I'm actually talking and counseling with too as well that have diseases in their bodies wow 
because and of that stress the stress is too much for them so it, it was not they were not built for some things that's why he he must have said in the scriptures you know the woman is a weaker vessel not meaning that she's inferior mm -hmm. it means that there's certain things that she can do yeah. because there's some things that you guys can do that we could never do yes. number one we cannot have a child and i tell you something if a man ever gets pregnant <laughs> Michael, they're gonna abort that child in the first second that he's pregnant he right? can't manage he, it he's not not built, built for that pain no actually endure that kind of pain so so there's some things that of course that is designed for the woman mm -hmm. that the man cannot do mm -hmm. and there's some things that designed for the man that, that the woman, woman can, was not designed so, and i think everything as, as i'm listening to you everything comes down to the natural design natural design you know because we could take something and use it for something else other than what it was designed to do exactly. and we do that all the time mm -hmm. but at the end of the day some level of malfunction is going to set in because you're violating the natural principles by which this thing was created to operate exactly wow all right so now i know that you are a father to yes. both biological and spiritual children yes talk about your role in both spheres and how do they interface with each other? Your role as a biological father and your role as a spiritual father. Yes. Uh, both role, uh, roles are, are slightly different. Mm -hmm. uh, a biological father, in my opinion, is the lowest level of fatherhood. Mm. The highest level is adoption. Mm -hmm. So even my biological sons and daughter, you know, Leah, Matthew, Joshua, and Leah, mm -hmm. uh, until I bring them to the rule where they see me as the adoption father, as mm -hmm. the father figure, the spiritual father, mm -hmm. actually, then that is the highest rule of them learning something mm -hmm. from me. Mm -hmm. A biological father is one who distributes a sperm that fertilizes an egg. Right. That's what it is. And, right. And the exchange of the XY chromosome mm -hmm. to determine the sex of the child. Right. But the actual rule of developing the child biologically, mm -hmm. spiritually, socially, uh, spiritually and, and, and otherwise, it comes from the spiritual fatherhood uh, perspective mm -hmm. you know there's a scripture that tells us that god himself has actually brought us onto adoption through mm, christ jesus yes. why didn't he say biology because he made us he he made us biologically too as well mm -hmm. but he was looking for the highest level of fathering and the highest level of fathering is spiritual fatherhood which is true adoption mm -hmm. that's why you ever notice a, 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 a two you know a couple over the years they can't have any biological biological children mm -hmm. so what do they do they want to adopt mm -hmm. it takes a lot of love to do that absolutely so so it takes love to actually adopt mm -hmm. but it doesn't take love to biology to biology is, is right, 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 right. It's, it's, it's just a few minutes of pleasure and you exchange. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's it. And that's what your biological part. So, so my rule, uh, I you know, I help to, to give birth to my kids, but my greatest rule is to adopt them. Mm. And so it, it is with my spiritual children, which actually comes in the very same exact level as my biological children. Wow. You see? So if, if uh, we have... Uh, men and women that are listening out there that says, well, my father has abandoned me. You have great hope because what he did was really he biology you. Mm -hmm. And that is the lowest level mm -hmm. of fathering. The highest level is adoption. And that's why God says that he has placed fathers yes. in the house of God yes. so that they can father you. And he puts the solitary into families. Amen. That's good. So even if, like you're saying, you don't have that father or father figure in your life, yes. there is a father established in a house, mm -hmm. in the body of Christ, that God is wanting to put you and you need to position yourself to facilitate that process. Yeah. And, and there are many biological fathers in a home, in a house, that have not really been fathers. And, you, and you hear the kids saying, well, he is there. 
But he's like he's not there. But he's not there. Why? Because they're crying out for the highest level. Mm-hmm. They're saying, "I want love," mm-hmm. and you can only do that mm-hmm. through adoption. That's true. So the biological father has to get to a point where he adopts his sons and daughters. Wow! Wow! That's amazing. Everything everything is amazing for me, so. <laughs> um. So so now. Why does the word of God place so much emphasis on fathers in relation to inheritance and the destiny of their children? As I'm going through scriptures, that's one of the things that I noticed. Like, you know, it talks a lot about, um, you know, you looked at the life of Abraham and Abraham was the one who, who even sent his servant out to find a wife for Isaac. You look at Jacob. He was the one who pronounced the blessings and activated the destiny is literally of his 12 sons because whatever he spoke over their lives, that is exactly what they became. Mm-hmm. You saw David doing it with Solomon, setting up the legacy of building the temple, all that stuff. What what, what, what do you think it, it is that, that there's so much emphasis that's connecting the inheritance? It's passed on yeah. from fathers and not mothers. Because again, again, the responsibility to the father is to preserve that generation. Mm-hmm. You see, and this is one of the reasons why you find Abraham sending out you know, a servant to find a wife for his son mm-hmm. because he tells his servant the kind of wife that he wants well, yes, to he preserve did. the culture, yes, he did. to preserve that generation, mm-hmm. to, pre- to preserve that education, mm-hmm. the values, the ethics, yes. you know, and the morals that yes. he have actually instilled into his son. So that's how he does it. And the father is responsible for that. Mm-hmm. So it, it tells you the heavy responsibility that is. that is given to a father. But again, men, if you're listening out there, what God has asked you to do, he has wired you, he has engineered you to do it. It is like breathing oxygen mm. because no one has to teach you mm-hmm. how to breathe oxygen. Mm-hmm. No one has to teach you how to be a father. It's built in. It's it, it's it's instinct in there. All you, all you need is a father figure to come in to pull it out and to coach you along the way. Mm-hmm. Someone that have had some experience. So again, to answer that question, again, is for the preservation of a culture, a generation of people that will maintain the ethics, the values, the education, the personalities of that particular lineage mm-hmm. of people. Mm-hmm. So it would remain on the earth forever and forever preserving the image of god here on this planet amen amen now uh i have here uh that i wanted you to talk a little bit about your biological father as well as your fathers in the faith and the role that they have helped to play in shaping you and getting you to where you are now yeah my my biological father was was very much uh, involved into politics and community work. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helped a lot of people get employment and so forth. And so he used to be so busy, actually, with the community mm-hmm. that you hardly see him at home. Wow. But at the same time, he was still modeling mm-hmm. a he was modeling a system to his kids mm-hmm. to show us how that how much we must help people mm-hmm. within the community. Mm-hmm. So he used to get employment and work and so forth. And I have learned a lot from that. At the same time, I keep a balance because right. I don't want to be so much out there in the community that I don't and have you any miss time your kids. kids. Right, right, right. So, so he did a lot of those stuff. Um, my father kind of, you know, went astray from the faith because he at one time, because he was dying with some illness, mm-hmm. uh, God had supernaturally healed him through a, a gentleman that I actually saw recently on Facebook, uh, named Simon Paul. He had actually mm. passed on and his son is still alive. Mm. And I kind of wrote something I saw it on Facebook because he was the one that led my father to the Lord mm-hmm. after he prayed for him and mm-hmm. my father was supernaturally healed. Mm-hmm. So my father began to pursue the things of Christ. And, mm-hmm. and, and at that age, you know, I was a young boy at that time. So we were sent to the Sunday schools. Mm-hmm. So I actually grew up learning about the scriptures mm-hmm. rather than the other different type of religious persuasion. Right. So I was very grateful for that. Uh, my father have actually attained a 
very strong position in government. Mm -hmm. He has actually retired uh, as the county superintendent of a particular area, the engineering, the roads, mm -hmm. whatever you might find, health, all those things. He was actually in charge of every one of those things. So again, you know, his lifestyle modeled uh, progress profession. Mm -hmm. uh, he was a stickler when it came to education. When mm. it came to education, I remember one time I skipped school. You know, <laughs> I wanted to stay home. And man, I tell you, Georgia, he beat me so bad. I got a, I got a licking that day. From that day on, I never skipped school again. Ah, of course not. <laughs> so he, he wanted us to be educated, and one of the reasons why he wanted us to be educated was that when he was a kid. Uh, his he wanted to go to school so bad because he wanted to be a school teacher. Right, right. But his parents would not allow him to go to school. Wow. But back in that time, you know, when you were working and mm. bringing an income, you were considered a, a good child. Right. So he wanted to study and he could not do it. And that he was deprived of an education. Right. So I guess he must have said within himself, when I have my children, it's gonna be different for them. That's it. So we all, you know, we all uh, went to school. You know, uh, coming to his older uh, age. Um, up in his upper 60s and so um, he began to reconnect with me a lot more strongly. He came mm -hmm. to the United States, mm -hmm. we kind of talk about some of the things where both of us had messed up. Mm -hmm. I, I actually initiate the apology. I said, Dad, you know, I, well, we call him Papi, you know, I said, mm -hmm. Papi, you know, I, I want to say to you, uh, you know, there's some things that I've noticed in our relationship that was not the best. Mm -hmm. And I want to apologize mm -hmm. to you. Would mm -hmm. you please forgive me wow. for what I have done? And there was a silent Georgia in my living room right here. You know, wow. Silent. I mean, it went on and on and on. I was like, what's going on with this man? <laughs> then he began to weep. Wow. Then he began to cry. And then he said to me, he looked at me and he said, son, you should be the one apologizing I to me. I should be the one apologizing to you. He said, I was not really a good father wow. to all of you guys. And I apologize. I, I was wrong. Mm. From that day on, from that day forward, any meeting that I was invited to that he was close by, he was he would be there first. You know what he started to do that made me very uncomfortable? I'll be invited to a meeting mm -hmm. and he would take my bag and he wants to carry my bag. Wow. And I said, Dad, you know, puppy. I said, No, you can't do that. I, he said, No, no, son, I want to do this. I said, No, no, you can't do this. Mm -hmm. I said, I gotta carry my bag and we will fight over the bag. I said, No, 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 I want to carry your bag. Wow. And we fought over the bags. Because I was embarrassed to have my dad carrying the, the bag mm -hmm. and I'm walking behind him, my hands are swinging. I said, I can't can't do this to the, the old guy but he insisted that right. he wanted to do that so he said to me one day today he said you know today when you when you preach he said I am the son and you mm, are the father he said amazing. I am going to learn from you wow. and whenever they delayed my uh, coming up to the podium mm -hmm. he would make a loud noise he said what are you guys doing we need to get this man up over here let him, he let him say what he got to say he got to go back to the stage you know? and he, he was my greatest supporter uh, so I am very, very grateful that just before he died, I spent the last set of hours with him and he laid hands on me and he pronounced blessings ah, and he mm -hmm. told me in the prophecy, prophesied over me, he said that you will speak to governments, you will speak to universities, you will speak all around the world and your wisdom shall be greater than your age. Amen. He said, no sickness and no disease shall ever come near you. And he began, he began to just pronounce blessings and blessings over my life. And the next day, he died and actually he told me when I come back the next day, he said, Peppy, you may find me dead. I said, man, Peppy, what are you talking about? He said, no, I know how I'm feeling. He said, but I'm so happy that you came because when you came, I felt so reconnected back to God mm. that I don't even want to live because wow. I love this feeling. I want to go to heaven right now. Right. So he was ready to go. And in the morning, he actually told me you might find me sitting and mm -hmm. I'm dead. And I found him sitting on the bed. And actually, he was gone. And he was gone.
So I knew that he was gone to be with the Lord. I straightened him up in the bed and, and you know, get him prepared. The ambulance came, took him out and so forth. And, but my but my heart and my conscience, everything was is at so peace. clear. Yes. So, so at peace yes. because he blessed me and he pronounced blessings upon every one of my brothers and mm. my one sister. He pronounced blessings upon every one of them and he asked that each and every one of them will for, forgive him of what he have done. Now, in terms of my spiritual parents, um, you know, when I now got, give my life to the Lord, there was a, a woman uh, that pastor the church this mm -hmm. was very interesting because we were just talking about that earlier mm -hmm. and there were there was something that she was able to to point in my life and when she saw that i was growing she actually pulled me aside and she told me she said i can see how fast that you're growing and she said you know uh you know now that you're going to the states uh, i feel like i have accomplished my task but she said but today i want you to bless me before i go i wow. said i said her name was sam the jury I said, you know, we used to call her Sister Samuel Jury, not Pastor Samuel Jury. Sister Samuel Jury. I, I said to her, I said, no, no, no. I said, I need your blessing. I say, without your blessing, I cannot be where I am today. Mm -hmm. That made you proud. Right. And, you know, that made her even more proud. So I knelt before her and I said, I'm leaving to go back to the state. I want your blessings. Mm -hmm. I say, in you doing this, I am in turn blessing you. Right. Because I'm going to go out the world with your blessing. Right. And now it will be in turn a blessing to you. Right. So she blessed me that day and sent me out. And I believe it was a matter of months after that, she died. Wow. You know, she died and went on to be with the Lord. I came to the United States. I met uh, Pastor Joe Hobbard uh, to, in, in Florida. You know, there was sometimes in New York and so forth. But just because of time sake, mm -hmm. he was here in, Flo in Florida. Joe Hubbard actually began to father me, but he had to relocate back to his to his uh, city. He came mm. from Savannah, Georgia. Mm -hmm. So he sent me to a man named Cecil Lamb. I mm. went to Pastor Cecil Lamb. And Cecil Lamb was under Pastor Miles Monroe. Mm -hmm. And uh, Pastor, Pastor Lamb, for the years, he was the first guy in Georgia that taught me on purpose and vision. Mm. I understand vision from being under his ministry. Now, he was going to go a slightly different direction. So what he said to me, he says, he said, I know because of me, you have come across to Dr. Monroe. Mm -hmm. And I've seen that you have drawn close to him and that you really love his ministry and you love his teaching and so forth. But I'm going in a slight different direction. Mm -hmm. And I see your connection with him. So I am going to talk to him. Mm -hmm and release your ministry under him, under him. Mm -hmm. you know it's just like john and jesus you know john disciples came to jesus mm -hmm. you know and and, and told jesus you know asked him some question came back to john and, and said yeah well he is the one he right right so then john said okay i'm going to send you to, right. to jesus i'm going to decrease because so he will i am increase. going i'm going somewhere yes. else so yes. pastor lama was saying i'm going somewhere else mm -hmm. so i'm going to send you to dr monroe so he had uh, sent me to dr miles monroe and from then on the relationship began it is under dr miles monroe that i really learn and I began to grow I began to learn about leadership mm -hmm. I began to learn mm -hmm. about fathering and patience mm -hmm. and learn how to teach and how to structure messages mm -hmm. and Pastor Miles you know would quietly lovingly uh, discipline me in mm -hmm. certain areas of things in terms of even dressing and how I conduct myself when when I go to heads of states and mm -hmm. when I go to government you know the mannerism that is expected so he began to teach those things to me and I realized this is my father here. Yes. And I began to submit to this man's ministry. Today, he is my father of the faith. I am traveling all over the world, all over the world. Both myself and Angela, we travel almost every week, as you know, mm -hmm. into Europe, into Central America, South America. And these are places that was open to me because my spiritual father said to the world, this is my son. Yes. In whom I am well yes. pleased. So listen to him. Yes. And that's what he did when he put me on the platform for me to minister to the world. Yes. And now the world has He's become calling my backyard, you. Yes. backyard because... 
of my spiritual father and that's exactly what a spiritual father will actually do for you amen no it, it's interesting that you just said that your father your biological father laid hands on you and spoke into your life yes that you would be standing before heads of government you'd be traveling the world and then the lord brought dr miles who refined you and poured yeah. into you and helped to facilitate that process for you so yes. they were both connected yes and i'm sure dr Pepe, dr miles did, doesn't even know your biological father no, no he, <laughs> he has never met my never met him before father. he died that's 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 awesome that's awesome um no i had a powerful question a friend of mine anita johnson that i actually interviewed on one of my previous segments she asked me a question that i needed to ask you and the question was, or the question is, what happens to a son or a daughter who has been failed or hurt by the one person who should have been the, per the one to establish the standards and lay the framework for other relationships and life experience for that individual? Absolutely Whether it's from a, a, a natural yeah. or spiritual perspective. Yeah, I think this is probably one of the best powerful question that you have asked tonight mm. because there are many of us who have been failed not only by biological fathers but by fathers in the faith uh in the church mm -hmm. political fathers economic mm -hmm. fathers social pa uh, fathers because you know we are groomed uh, we are fathered by different spheres in right. the worlds of science right. in the worlds of economics and so forth so it's very very important to actually understand this i believe that before a son or daughter who has been hurt by a spiritual father before they could move on to ministry they have to make sure that those wounds are healed ah oh because if those wounds are not again, healed they have to make sure <laughs> that they heal the past they have to make sure those wounds are healed yes the reason why is because they're going to transfer that wound to the people that they, they serve yes you see mm -hmm. so it's absolutely important for them to actually seek help when doing that because because it becomes very unhealthy uh in them mentoring uh, our next generation yes. they will produce that seed is people. there that seed of hurt mm -hmm. is there mm -hmm. and that's why it's so important also that you that you just just don't jump at someone because they are famous on television ah, uh, because they are known by more people because there are lots of people that are claiming that they have fathers who are television figures and they have never met them in all that. that's not a father wow. that's what you that's call an instructor <laughs> and that's what paul was talking about in the corinthian church mm -hmm. that you have many you have thousands of instructors but, but you fathers. don't have any fathers mm -hmm. so that's what the issue is because a father is the one who brings the discipline a father actually will cut you but he will cut you lovingly yeah. Yes. and he will cut you for reproduction yes. and that's what circumcision was it was the father's job to actually circumcise the sons mm -hmm. but it's and he circumcised them in areas that was very private to them mm -hmm. and that area had to be healed and so the, and that father would tell them to stay in the camp and he would give them the necessary uh medicine mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. forth for mm -hmm. the healing mm -hmm. to take place otherwise if it's not healed then the, the son becomes unproductive yes because the, that 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 organ is gone right you know what i'm talking right. about right 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 so here, here is here's a thought right here's a thought i think it came from a guy named floyd mcclung in, in one of his book that is called father heart of god he says in order to be an effective father and i'm paraphrasing now, mm -hmm. right uh, our action has to proceed from an attitude of equality mm -hmm. in other words uh it should never come from 
uh, a position of authority. It must come from a position of equality. Mm. Because if you think that you are the authority to correct the person, you can actually entertain abuse. Of course. But if you see the person as an equal, now, the son should never see the father that way, but this is how the father sees. This right. is how the father is looking at his children. That's my equal. I'm here to really serve them. Mm-hmm. What did Jesus come to do? He came to what? To serve. Mm-hmm. So he saw humanity as his equal, mm-hmm. even though he was God manifest in flesh. Mm-hmm. That was the only way he can help them. Authority is not something that is demanded. Right. Authority is something that is given. Mm-hmm. So in other words, I cannot give you my authority unless you really ask for it. Right. So I don't go about looking for sons. I don't go about looking for daughters. They actually come looking yes. for me. Yes. And how do I see them? I see them as an equal. Mm-hmm that needs me to point to their life so that they can become everything that it be. Right. The minute you begin to look in that way, I'm talking about the fathers now. Yes. The minute you begin to look at people that way, you will not abuse the person. Right. But if you look at them as you are the authority. You're in charge. You're, you're in, in charge. Mm-hmm. Then you can you can abuse people. Mm-hmm. But when you look at them as, wow, these are people with the same type of a, a potential and support. I want to help to give them whatever I have mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. better them. Mm-hmm. Then you actually will eliminate abuse. Because when that person get abused, I'm telling you no i i i have been uh hurt in some regards yes you know both both from a natural perspective as well as spiritual and when i remember she asked me this question the comment i made to her was that it takes a father to administer healing to you when another father has hurt you yeah and i found that to be my own personal experience and i remember when i just came to the ministry oh my god i was a complete wreck mm. and one tuesday night after bible study i remember you said as you were closing out i remember you called me up to the front and you said to me the spirit of fatherhood is here yeah. you don't have to be afraid and it was almost like a weight that was holding me down was just lifted and whatever burdens I was coming around with, God just broke it off of my life just by that one statement because immediately I felt safe. I felt free. I felt like I could be me and it was going to be all right. So I understand definitely it does take a father to administer healing and there's no point in you trying to serve until we are healed because then it's gonna you're gonna repeat the cycle and that's what we see happening in the natural Mm -hmm. you know children grow up without fathers young men become you know little boys become young men they start having these kids and they don't know how to be fathers to them and they abuse misuse and the cycle continues and it goes on and on and on and it's the same thing as it's in the natural so it is in the spiritual um but let me add something to that too mm -hmm. as well because uh this is a word for sons and daughters that have been abused um, there is a possibility that the person that you might be claiming to be your father, where you felt abused, was really not a father. Mm-hmm. Because a father will not do that. Again, the right. father has to see everyone as his equals. Right. And then that way he, had, he ministers his gifts, he ministers his wisdom, and so forth, or her wisdom towards that person. Now, a lot of sons and daughters, they always try to prove their innocence mm-hmm. on their own effort, on their own expense. Mm-hmm. You have to get to a place where you are stop proving anymore and just trust that God is going to prove your innocence. Right. Because the minute you back off, God steps in and he begins to prove your innocence. Right. So I appeal to sons and daughters out there that have been abandoned, that have been abused, and you're still trying after 20 years to prove that you were innocent. We know that you're innocent. <laughs> All right. God knows that you're innocent, but you will never be proven innocent 
until you have learned to give it up put it into the hands of God and say God I want you to prove this for me and move on and find someone that can actually father you because you should never stay or ever be without a father right right and and, and on that note if you could just quickly talk a little bit about the power of submission mm. now this really this is relating to children or, or sons and daughters submitting to a father yes now that's a very that's a very touchy subject mm -hmm. but submission is an assignment that is only given to the strong i'll tell you why i say this you know the woman has been given the assignment to submit to the husband mm -hmm. it takes a woman it gives a woman strength to submit to the man because her submission is a result of the fall of the man mm -hmm. so god could not trust the man anymore in the subject of submission mm -hmm. because when he had asked the man to submit to him mm -hmm. and to submit to his precepts in mm -hmm. the garden mm -hmm. man did not do that right so god had to move to someone else to right. ask for submission right because submission actually is for the restoration of original order right let me say this again say it again submission sir. <laughs> is a is a concept it's a precept right mm -hmm. it's a concept it's an original idea that we conceive so that god can actually restore things that are out of order back to order mm -hmm. so that's why you need submission so when you have that in the back of your mind and you are submitting it means that you are the chosen vessel by god to actually restore a certain order right so when you're asked to submit to a father figure you are asked to submit to a husband now by the way you know submission in a marriage goes two ways right but this right. is not, this is not a marriage, not a marriage seminar. Yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll <laughs> talk about it another time i think in the book yeah i think sometime in november uh, this year, I'm going to be starting a series on family and, and marriage. At, oh, at the looking Kingdom, forward to that. Kingdom Coming Center. So I'm giving you guys nuggets now. Yes. So that when you get married, uh, you know, you have these <laughs> these uh, nuggets to actually work with. So submission really is a very powerful thing. It's, it's submitting to a mission. Mm -hmm. A mission to actually bring back equality, to bring back order that God can actually come back into it. Right. So now, if you are submitting to a father figure, like for example, you know, you had been through a situation you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. God sees your heart of submission. Mm -hmm. So even though you were hurt in a situation, he pulls you out quickly mm -hmm. because you're in obedience to his law. See, he has an obligation to, to protect you. Right. So he pulls you out of that situation and he finds a place where he can heal you and restore you mm -hmm. and actually be fathered again. Right. Because he doesn't want you to be, he doesn't want you to ever be without a father. The reason why he did that for you was because you had the true heart of submission. Mm. So you were never destroyed. Right. So now you had the podcast, you are ministering in different uh, engagement around Florida, different parts of you know the United States, and maybe ultimately to the rest of the world. Uh, that's because you have a clean, good submission. Plus, you know, I know your father. He's a good fellow. <laughs> good I know looking, your mother. She's good a good, too. She's a good looking <laughs> fellow too. And your mother is absolutely gorgeous. <laughs> I like that, Dr. Pepe. So, so, so submission is absolutely important yes. and, and, you know, I could just put it as simple. Um, I honestly believe, and I've seen it work in my life just because of my willingness, even to submit to you, I find that doors are opening for me and I'm being, I'm able to enter into the presence of some people that maybe on my own, it probably never would have happened. Yeah, that's what succession does. Yes. And when there's proper submission. Now, again, for the listeners out there, you never submit to a man or woman who is not submitted to what? someone else. Dr. Pepe, please so, say it again. So, say it again. All right, I'll say it again. <laughs> you never submit to a father figure, a father in the faith 
who is not submitted to a father to as well. That's why the Bible identified God as the God of our fathers. Abraham begot Isaac, uh -huh. Isaac became Jacob, and it goes all down uh -huh. the line. Uh -huh. You know, so Jacob was submitted to Isaac. Uh -huh. Isaac was submitted to Abraham, and Abraham was submitted. You know, it goes back. I don't know who you know back Methuselah uh -huh. or whatever. But your father, you must always ask the question before you go into a ministry. Uh -huh. You must ask. Who are you submitted under? I believe in that 100%. And, and you never trust anyone who is not submitted to someone to speak into your life. Even though they may have a gift. Mm -hmm. Because the gift of God is without repentance. Yes. God gives gift to every man. Every person on this planet has come on this planet with gifts. Yes. But submission is a matter of heart. Right. It's a mission of building the fruits of the spirit. So your father figure, your father out there must also have a father in his yes. life. And that's why there are many popular uh, preachers and, and, and prominent men and women out there that are falling by the wayside. Yes. And when the question is asked, who is Who's your father? father? Can you identify 20 people. Mm -hmm. You know, of course, you could only have one father mm -hmm. and then you have father figures around it, but you could only have one father because if you have two fathers, then mama uh, is yes. committing adultery. Yes. So you don't want an adulterous <laughs> situation. You want a clean marriage, a clean sleep. In order. So you could submit to that. I submit to Dr. Miles Monroe. Mm -hmm. People have uh, seen... Uh, my ministry reflect and, and see the miracles that look like Pastor Benny or they may see some other thing. But Benny Hinn is not my father. Mm -hmm. Benny Hinn it probably would be like an uncle in the faith or a right. father figure. But my father, I only have one father. Right. That father is Dr. Miles Monroe. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. All right. Amen. Point well taken, sir. Okay. <laughs> now, um, as we're getting ready to wrap up, uh, I wanted to find out from you. Uh, what are your final words for fathers who are in two, two sets the first set is fathers who are already fulfilling their responsibilities and are wondering what else can they do to improve yes um i would say uh you should find somebody who has expertise in the subject so that you can learn from them so that you can copy from them you can model from them um you know, Dr. Miles Monroe is a father that is known around the world, not only to spiritual people, but also to political figures, to scientists, to engineers, uh, different people all around the world. And I watched him over the years and I began to model after him. I watched mm. his manners and I watched the way he speak. I, mm -hmm. I watched the way he treat his wife. Mm -hmm. I watched the way he treat his children, mm -hmm. his biological children, yes. is, you know, yes. and I watched the way he treats me and treat the 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 pastors from in the uh, Itwila International mm -hmm. Leadership Association. So you have to find a father figure, one that is gentle. Don't just dive in and and say, okay, this person is popular, they're well known, so automatically they must be a father. That's not true at all. Right. They're just gifted, and their gift has made a lot of room for them. Right. But when the rubber meets the road and pressure begins to yes. hit them in yes. the ministry, can they survive the test? Yes. And you have to watch that. Dr. Monroe has survived the test where they call him a cult. They put him on the television, the radio, the newspaper. They have written things. They have said negative about him. They want to kick him out of the country, all these different things. But he remained cool, calm, and collective. Mm -hmm. And I say, I have seen a man that had, model, that had weathered the, the the weather, mm -hmm. the terrible weathers, not only the good one, but the bad ones, mm -hmm. but he came out to the top because mm -hmm. all these guys who were trying to kill him They're and gone. destroy him, <laughs> they are calling him now for interviews. Oh, wow. They want to write books about him. They want advice for their governments. They wow. want advice for their companies and businesses and so forth. If we hold on out there long enough, yes. we can actually become the fathers that God has called us to be. But find models, find good. They are still thousands of them out there, if not millions, that are out there. They are out there. They are waiting to father you. Amen. Amen. And then your final words for fathers who are failing. They have failed. 
or they're failing miserably at fatherhood and they're ready to make a change but they just don't know how to begin i will give them the very same advice again find a father figure that has made it uh that may have fallen maybe the same way that you have fallen and they have gotten up back again and find out what they did to be restored never go in this life without a father speaking into your system because you're going to fall again mm. amen amen now dr pepe can you do me the honor of closing out this segment with a word of prayer especially for those individuals who are fatherless and they're hungry for that special covering yes Father, we thank you for this segment. We thank you for Georgia. We thank you for the call of God, the gift of God that's upon her life. And Lord, we lift up the men that are out there right now that have been wired by your own hands to be fathers. We pray right now for healing. Lord, we ask for the healing balm of Gilead. We ask, Lord God, for the precious comfort of the Holy Spirit to move right now into the lives of those men that are listening and the sons and the daughters that have been broken and battled. Lord, we pray for healing of God that will come from the precious presence of the Holy Spirit. Yes. We ask Lord that this, the, the, the blood of Jesus Christ will canopy them. The angel of the Lord will surround them and the Spirit of God will speak in them. And Lord I pray that anyone that is listening to this program right now that is sick in their body that Lord that your hands will touch them right now. Yes, we command every sickness every disease, every torment to leave their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Yes. We command healing upon their biology. Lord God that the adoption shall become real. Yes. I bless them. I bless fathers tonight that they would arise right now, O God, that your word shall resonate through their spirit right now. They shall rise up and lead their families, lead their communities, lead their states and lead their nations, O God, yes. in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. No other name but the name of Jesus, the son that was submitted to his father that became a father to this world. In that name we pray. Amen. 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 It was such a pleasure having you join me on this segment of the podcast series, Dr. Pepe. I am truly honored. And thank you to my listening audience for tuning in as always. I hope you are inspired and challenged and even encouraged by today's discussion, which will remain available for you to listen to at any time as often as you like. That is one of the great benefits that we have with the podcast platform is that you are able to access the archived messages at your own leisure. Let me invite you again to visit the podcast page to listen to any of the 49, the 40 plus archived segments that we have. As a matter of fact, we're now up to 50. You will find a host of knowledge that is designed to help you in your journey. Again, that address is batplc.podbean.com. Dot com. Now, alternately, you can visit the official website for the building according to pattern, where the messages are also accessible under the podcast series tab. And that website address is batplc.com. Bi-weekly blogs that capture the highlights from each podcast segments are also available on the website. And you find that under the blog series tab at that website address again batplc.com and let me encourage you to take some time to read these blogs as i often include additional information particularly from third-party resources that you will not find while you're listening to the podcast segment itself don't forget to utilize the share buttons and please do provide feedback and comments concerning what you've heard 
or what you've read. If this podcast segment has blessed you in any way, we want to hear from you. You could post a comment on the podcast page itself or go to Facebook any one of those social media platforms if you go on my website it's going to take you to each of those platforms please we want to hear from you we have come to the end of another powerful segment of the building according to pattern podcast series with your host yours truly georgia bryce looking forward to connecting with you again until next time stay blessed be blessed and take care bye